0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Fast Forward Amy show, the show where we talk about how you can lift your life and business with simple strategies. I'm Fast Forward Amy, your host and coach, and I'll bring you a new episode every Tuesday. Welcome to this episode about finances, and before we get... Down and dirty, not sure I'm supposed to say that. Um, (laughs) This is episode 57, which means all of the tips and books I'm going to link up in this episode, uh, you can find those through fastforwardamy.com forward slash 57 or click the link in the description. And I'm adding a money mindset guide to this. Although this episode isn't really about mindset, I do think it can be a great um, extra for you to cultivate a millionaire's money mindset. Go to fastforwardamy.com forward slash moneymindsetguide. Today, I'll be talking a little bit ranty style about books that have influenced me in terms of finance. And whereas in other episodes, I've talked a lot about money mindsets and abundance and practical uh, business stuff. Today is really about financial tips for anyone and about how you can... Um, yeah, make sure you have money instead of not having any money. <laughs> a few years ago, I was very low on money. And um, I don't know if you know that story already, but there, there was a period in my time where I was actually very, very broke and where I really was like, I can't go to the doctors because then maybe I need to go to the pharmacy, but I don't have money for that. Even though a part of that gets paid back to you from the government here in Belgium. Still, it was all too tight for me. And as a result... Already, as a kid, I had been pretty uh, obsessed with money and finances and numbers. But because of that situation, I got even more obsessed with it. And I decided to use that to my advantage. So I started reading up about it a lot and I'd found some books for my dad. I'd found some books online and I started positively obsessing about how you can handle money even when you don't really have any money yet. And one of the first books I read was The Richest Man in Babylon. The Richest Man in Babylon is a really tiny book. Can't show it to you because it's stuck somewhere in a box and it's also totally well um, crumpled up or how do you say that? The Richest Man in Babylon is uh, a story and I'm saying this is it's been years since I've read the book. But it talks about how when you have 100% of your income, even when it's not a lot, if you can run your life and maintain everything with a hundred percent, you can also do it with 90%. And the big gist of the book is if you would take away 10%, you would still be doing everything. You would still be okay, even if you don't have a lot. And back then I was still studying and um, I'm a little bit of an Excel freak or Google sheets. I love using those. I should really follow a course though, because I waste a lot of time in Google Sheets, but um, I remember making this Excel sheet and looking at it like, okay, so if I'm making, let's say, 300 euros a month, that means I need to set aside 30 euros every month. And I thought, how am I going to do this? Because um, I want that to accumulate by itself. And I knew that it was going to be a danger if I would just depend on myself to like make the transfer every month. So I set up an automatic transfer that there would be 30 euros every month going to into a separate savings account, which was not linked to the account I could see on my phone. And I did that and every month 30 euros went in there. And as I started progressing and making more money in my future, I increased that number and I added more transfers to it. And that's how I went from being broke and not having any money set aside and no savings whatsoever to kind of starting to accumulate a couple of thousand euros. And that was a really nice buffer to have when later on I was faced with some new challenges. So the big theme of The Richest Man in Babylon, which is written by George S. Clayson, Uh, if I remember correctly, is that you pay yourself first. And there are a lot of books about this. I think there's also... The profit first book and the profit first method, which is, which is a really famous book and method. I actually personally haven't read it. I will at some point. Um, but the pay yourself first principle is really good because instead of looking at how much you can still save at the end of the month, you start your month with just already putting money aside and then you'll, you'll deal with the rest, the rest of the month. So what that means is you can't accidentally not end up saving and you'll make due. It's kind of the same as saying, instead of paying everything by card, you know that when you get everything in cash, you can just only spend that cash on stuff you want. Um, I did that even before I read the book, uh, back when I lived in Italy. I was also on a tight student budget and I was spending more, well, I was just spending a lot of money. I lived in the center of Florence and Things go fast then. So I had decided like, oh, I really need to temper this. So instead of always paying by card, I got my budget, for for example, for groceries and social stuff in cash. And I knew like this is my budget every day. And I just had like an envelope for every two weeks. This might sound a little bit obsessive. I don't know, but it's definitely paid off uh, for me in the long run because having a grip on your finances is really good. And although I talk a lot about abundance, it doesn't mean that making a budget or doing stuff like this is a form of scarcity. In fact, paying yourself first is a mindset of abundance where you truly believe like everything will be okay and there is more than enough to also set aside money for myself. So The Richest Man in Babylon, I'm sure if you get the book, you will read it in one night. I think my oldest brother Timothy was like, the book is so simple, it makes so much sense, like don't even bother, but I really liked it because it just highlights some of these elements with simple stories. And for me, it's been something I've been doing ever since. And the fun part is those transfers are still running. And what I've also done later in my business is, especially in Belgium, I don't know how it is in other countries, but um, there is this thing when you start your own business and you become an entrepreneur and... You always only have your money in your business and you never have any money privately because accountants tell you fiscally it's more optimal to not pay yourself too much, keep it in the business. Everyone is like reinvest, put the funds towards new assets. Accountants here say like, you need to make more costs or you're going to pay too much in taxes. I think most of that is total crap. And I, <laughs> I believe that it is very bad for your mindset if you will always end up feeling poor privately. So early on in my entrepreneurial career, I decided I don't want to always be private bore. So even when it was fiscally less optimal, I still chose to pay myself a little bit of a higher wage. From the moment it was possible, of course, like in the beginning, it's not always possible. Um, but I decided to do that because I was like, at least then I will have an abundant mindset by myself as well and I can cut myself away from looking at myself in the business as one. And I think I really profited from that in the long term. In that same time period, though, um, and this is actually a different tip, not related to book, but I read more and more about finances. And I came across this dude, I don't remember his name, but he was an American financial coach. Um, by the way, a lot of American financial books are interesting, but we can't really do a lot with them in Europe, because it's like the 401ks and A bunch of principles we can't really use Um, for example I read I will teach you to be rich from um, by Ramit Sethi it's a good book but some things you can just can't do in Europe so I'll leave that up to you but I like the book Um, anyways going back to what I was saying is I got this tip and it talked about resetting your finances and your financial mindset by making sure you always have a buffer That made a lot of sense to me because I was already saving money automatically, although it was not a lot. It was like 30, 50 euros and then 100 euros and kept increasing every month. And um, it said like, you need to have at least like a thousand euros cash, like put away somewhere in your house. I didn't have that then. So I set it as a goal, like I'm going to earn a thousand euros cash and then I'm going to like put it in in an envelope and like hide it in my house uh, or in my apartment. And I did that. And... Those are a f- few small things, but coming from someone who had been totally broke, those things really reset my mindset in not always feeling like I didn't have any money, because I was like, if something happens, if shit hits the fan, and I came from a scarcity and a fear mindset, I knew I was going to be okay. In business, they say you need to have your overhead set aside for at least three months, um, but Privately, it's also nice to know that you just literally have a thousand euros cash laying around. It's also very typical, by the way, for people who have been broke to always carry around a lot of cash, although we don't really live in a cash day and age anymore. But that's definitely a tip I would say. So, so far we have. Our first tip is to pay yourself first. And I would recommend you put 10% of your income aside every month automatically with like an automatic transfer to another savings account that you don't see in your normal login of your banking app. The second tip is just put a thousand euros aside as a buffer in your home and hide it somewhere. <laughs> this is a very sick. no finance bloggers can listen to this episode probably. <laughs> um, and then next up, I want to talk about uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read that in the same time frame, So I tend to obsess about things and then I let go once I've like installed it. And finance has definitely been one of those things. Although I got to add later on, I will make a follow-up episode of this, of everything I've learned about finances in my business right now. Because as I was buying a house, getting a loan, I learned way more than I wanted to learn. Uh, I'll tell you that. But back to Robert Kiyosaki. Rich Dad Poor Dad, great book really famous book. I think if you look up the top 10 business books in the world or top 10 finance books, it will definitely pop up in a lot of places. And the gist of the book is that in finances and in positions, you have assets and you have liabilities. Now in business, you have those too in your statements, but let's look at them as he means them. And I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's his book, not mine. Um, But assets are things that will actually put money in your pocket and liabilities are things that take money out of your pocket an asset being something that actually gives you a return on investment so for example um yeah anything you invest in that will earn you more in the long run right a liability is something that will actually only decrease in value or cost you more money some people are gonna Not like that I'm going to say this, but a boat is a great example of a liability. A boat costs you a lot of money every year to maintain. It's a really nice dream to have a boat, but in reality, it's probably better to hire a really expensive boat at some point with like a captain and everything and spend a fortune a week, but not have all of the costs that will just like bleed you out over time because a boat will decrease and decrease and decrease in value. Most cars will also decrease in value. The moment you buy a new car and you drive it out of a garage, it will cost you more money, actually, and it will decrease in value. An opposite of that could be old-timer cars, for example. An old-timer car will often increase in value, so then it would be an asset. I'm going to be honest, before I recorded this episode, I looked it up again to be sure I wasn't going to bullshit about this. And sometimes you can also have liabilities that will turn into assets. Maybe a really, really, really old boat will become an asset. I don't entirely know. But life or your possessions are divided into assets and liabilities. So this is one of the reasons why I wouldn't necessarily want to buy a new car, Um, if I can also buy a secondhand car and it's, it has a couple of miles on it, but it's still really good, but it just costs a lot less because for me, it's a liability anyways. Assets could be for me, uh, buying stock in a company and seeing that company grow. Um, it's also like, I guess it's also my own company, anything that where you see an increase in value over time or, um when it more than pays for itself, so that it could also be buying a studio or renting it out as an Airbnb, and it pays more um, to you than you are paying for it. Of course, there is a fine line, things can change over time. If we look at uh, global crises, how do you say that, uh, for example, it could be that all of a sudden you can't rent out your studio anymore, and you have a problem. But passive revenue is a great example of investing in making one thing one time, and then it will pay you back over and over and over again. There's a great return on investment there. So that's a really great asset to have, uh, like an online passive income funnel. Um, So my first tip was pay yourself first, like 10% automatically. If you can amp it up, I'm sure you can do 20% as well. I'm not saying you have to save everything. Please splurge on yourself. I'm all for the spending lifestyle. I love spending money. I think that's also a skill you need to create abundance for yourself but still setting 10% aside. It's nice to have money, you know, saving is also nice to so see that accumulating. Second tip was set up a aside. I would tell you to just take, like, go and earn a thousand euros and set it aside. The third tip was, um, well, assets versus liabilities. Make sure you spend your resources on assets instead of on liabilities and at least be um, aware of what you're doing. And I would Definitely recommend to go and read Rich Dad Poor Dad or listen to it on Audible, for example. And last but not least, I want to highlight a, uh, a thing that came up for me as I was prepping for this episode, namely the poor man's problem. The poor man's problem is where you, because you're always broke, you're always paying more money for stuff too. It's like when you know you can cut a huge deal on something if you pay it at once Versus if you pay it in pieces and you're paying way more for it, which is typically typically something they will do in this, in the United States, um, because they'll be like, "Oh, you can get this on credit, but then you'll pay a lot more and in interest fees and everything because you can't pay it at once. The poor man's problem is where you always have to choose for the the worse the worse option, the worse, worser? I don't know. <laughs> where you have to choose the less than optimal option because you can't afford to choose the other option. My advice there would be to really look at what you're doing and how you can step out of the cycle of the poor man's problem. I can't really give you a concrete example of what that is right now, but if you sometimes feel like you keep getting stuck in a short-term cycle with your money, look at what the long-term could be. And if you can break through that by getting a loan from someone once or by saying no to one thing once, it's fine if that means that you can step out of the poor man's problem. and that is something, especially, I hate to say it, but like us millennials aren't really used to, we're used to being able to do everything, get everything we want. And then at the same time, we're all depressed. Um, <laughs> sorry, I am joke about this. I don't joke about mental health, but I'm just trying to highlight some uh, facts. Um, it used to be, I think in, in my parents' day and age when they were building a house or they'd bought a house and their friends would have bought a house, They would not go on a trip for a few years, maybe. They wouldn't take a vacation because they were paying off their house. Now we live in a society where we feel like we're supposed to be able to do everything. But if you feel like you're stuck in a financial rut, try to take some of these steps, try to educate yourself, try to find some resources, listen to podcasts, read books, read articles, go to a library. There's a lot of stuff for free out there. So you can break that poor man's problem life cycle um, and I hope that by highlighting some of these things, you will just learn about it and be more aware about it um, so that you can do something with it. Thank you for listening. And I really hope this episode inspired you. If you're currently feeling like you really want to take those next steps towards freedom and you're kind of ready to start living life on your terms instead of Working on other people's dreams? Well, I have helped over 1,500 entrepreneurs turn their dreams of working for themselves and being the boss of their own calendar to turn those dreams into actual reality. And inside of my 12-week business coaching program, it's my goal to help you take action instead of always postponing your success and dreams. So if you're one of my Dutch speaking listeners from Belgium or the Netherlands, I just want to let you know, I'm opening my business freedom elevator again this year, and you can get access through fastforwardamy.com forward slash elevator. So if you're struggling taking action, if you're struggling to actually make a profit from your ideas, go and have a look at fastforwardamy.com forward slash elevator, and let's get things moving.